0: What's going on everyone, my name is Carlos Serrano and you are listening to the Blood, Sweat and Tears podcast. This is a sports podcast where we dive deep into the life of an athlete, tackling topics on faith, the body and the mind. In each episode, I will be having a new guest on the show where I will be interviewing them about their sports experiences along with their personal faith journey. I hope this can be a show that can fill you up with encouragement and insight through the discussions that we will be having here. Now, with that being said, Let's get on with the show. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the episode two of the Blood, Sweat & Tears podcast. Um, I'm Carlos Serrano, and I'm joined by my very special guest, uh, Mr. Gary Taylor. Welcome, Gary, to the the show. Thanks, Carlos. Good to be here, man. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, So... Tell us about yourself, Gary, uh, just kind of what you do, um, just off the bat, if you could just explain what you do. Well, right now, I am a currently a minister in the San
1: Diego Church of Christ. I've been doing ministry now for about 24 years. Um, married. Nice. Uh, my wife is as well as in the ministry <laughs> with me. We do ministry together. I have two kids, a daughter that's 25 and a son is 22, and I have two grandkids uh, that are twins three years old. Um, So that's a a little bit about me.
0: Nice, nice, nice. And so um, as people who may be listening to this show, we um, talk about sports and we also talk about um, just our individual walks with God and I want to try to help people um, know God and and know Jesus in a different way. And um, you know, this is the interview portion where I interview my guests. What um, their athletic career has been like. And so for you, um, what are, what is your history with sports? What sports did you play growing up and just kind of your athletic career? What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, when I was young, I played a lot of baseball. And that was pretty much the only sport I played, Little League and all that, and was uh, uh, definitely excited about that. When I got to high school, I started playing basketball and running track and playing football. So my freshman year, I did all three, nice. my sophomore year, I did uh, just, uh, what did I do? I just did basketball and ran track, and then I went back out for football again my junior and senior year. My junior and senior year, I did just football and ran track, and then from football, I was able to get a, a uh, athletic scholarship to San Diego State, uh, where I uh, went and played, you know, four years out of the five, I played a red shirt in my first year. Played mm-hmm. the rest. I uh, went there to play defensive back, corner. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, nice, was my position. So those are the sports I played. I, yeah, those are the sports I played.
0: Nice. And so, what was your experience being like playing on a big Division One college uh, football? team. What was that like for you?
1: Uh, You know, man, it was a blast uh, going to these stadiums. Uh, Many of them, we played teams like for like a preseason. We played teams like uh, University of Miami. We played them one year. We uh, played UCLA. So, uh, you know, to go to some of those kind of stadiums or kind of big name programs, or was pretty cool with packed stadiums, and right, and uh, some of them were even televised <laughs> on TV, which was pretty cool. Nice, but the experience was great, man. I mean, the uh, I, I think the, the games are great, but more so of just the camaraderie, uh, the friendships that were built, uh, being on the plane together, joking around, being in the hotels, uh, together, uh, was always great. We had some. Great victories together. We also had some great defeats together. But, right. Uh, I feel like the whole experience. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I had a great time. Nice. In my Division one career.
0: Nice. Was there any um, like notable notable uh, stars or football players that you played for that um, that was on the San Diego State team? Anything that people might know?
1: Yeah, one of the one of the big ones I know everybody knows is Marshall Falk. He was a, a running one of our running backs wow. there at San Diego State. So I had a chance to. Play with him. He, he got there maybe two years after I was there. Gotcha. Uh, so, so I was able to see him, see him have all these records, and see him blossom <laughs> into an incredible running back in college. That's and crazy. And obviously seeing him do the great things he did in the NFL and now uh, in the <laughs> Hall of Fame, which is, which is That's pretty right, cool. yeah. So him, and there's a couple other guys like Patrick Rowe, uh, who went to the NFL, um, Who else? Darnay Scott. Uh, Who went to the NFL as well? He played for the Cincinnati. He played for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, he's actually from San Diego originally. Oh, nice. Um, So played with those two guys. Those are probably the three guys that are pretty familiar
0: with some people. Nice, nice, awesome. And so, um, amazing to hear about your story with uh, playing for San Diego State. Um, Us being in San Diego right now, it's huge. Um, And so, with that, we're going to shift to more talking about um, your own individual spiritual walk. Tell us about what um, your journey was like to be um, a disciple of Jesus, to, to following Christ and even kind of what you're a minister now. So like mm-hmm. what a big transition from being a football player in um, San Diego State to being a minister mm-hmm. back in San Diego. So it's like, how was how your journey like that? For You know, I grew up
1: going to church. Uh, uh, my mom, you know, I was raised by a single mom, so she definitely made it a point to you know, take us to church, went to Sunday school and all those types of things, which I am very grateful for because right. she, at least she gave me a, a foundation mm-hmm. uh, of spirituality, of God does exist, the Bible's real, all that type of stuff, which was great. Yeah. But as I got older, um, you know, we didn't go to church very much as I got older. Um, you know, I, I grew up, <clears throat> I was born in Delaware, moved out to California when I was 12. So by the time I got out to California, we didn't go to church very much really at all. Gotcha, Um, and so, but I still had that foundation still. So when I got to college, you know, I was living the, I guess, football dream, playing football, women, you know, parties and all that kind of stuff. So obviously, I got myself in all kind of different trouble. Um, Mm. Not enough to get me thrown in jail or anything, but uh, in (laughs) regards to spirituality, did a lot of you know, just sin. Right, And uh, it was probably around my junior year is where my ex-girlfriend, who, had that, who became a you know, Christian first, uh, reached out to me. We had broken up uh, because she caught me cheating on her. Actually, she was pregnant with our child hmm. and caught me cheating on her. Um, and so she was getting reached out to by a young lady in one of her classes. And mm-hmm. she started studying the Bible and got baptized. And then she, uh, she reached out to me. And as we broke up and she invited me out to church and kept inviting me, I would go from time to time. And then she introduced me to a guy at church one time that uh, is one of my best friends to this, to this day. His name is, mm. his name is James Counts. And um, <clears throat> he really, he really uh, helped me to, um, he really helped the Bible to, to be very practical for me. He, he really mm. helped me to see that this, you know, Christianity is not just a Sunday thing or when you're around other uh, people of like faith, but this has got to be your life, and uh, and not only was he teaching me, but I was seeing it in his own life, and so I think that was the thing that kind of drew me in, plus just a friendship, I feel like he really listened to me, he really <clears throat> took time to answer my questions, he met my friends, he in some ways got into my world just to get to know me, Right. and that, that impressed me a lot, um, in a lot of ways, so, uh, so then he, you know, Asked me to study the Bible. I said, "Yeah." And so we started studying the Bible, and it took a took a few months, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. But I, I felt like he really opened my eyes uh, to what it, what it really meant to have a relationship with God. And so, uh, and so we studied, and I got you know got baptized April twenty second, nineteen ninety three, wow. and uh, been a been a Christian ever since for twenty five years. Been a Christian. So got baptized. Uh, got back together with my girlfriend, a mother of my child at that time. After about eight months or so uh being, being a Christian, got back together with her, and our, our relationship was totally different, dated purely, uh, got input on our relationship from other people, got help with, obviously, a child and how that was going right. to work with two, you know, in a sense, kids in college, and yeah. got help with that, and, and, and so that was eight months, and then maybe about four or five months after that, we got married. Um, so wow. my wife and I have been married for, for 25 years now. Uh, which is really cool. So, uh, so that's kind of that's that's kind of my journey, man. That's kind of where it's been. And so we, uh, so uh, so we got baptized. I got baptized. Uh, going forward a little bit or back a little bit. Uh, then a guy who was doing one of the ministers uh, in the, in one of the regions of the church that I was a part of mm-hmm. uh, asked my wife and I to go into the ministry. He was probably Christians for about ooh, about two about a year and a half, two years. Wow. Christians they asked us <laughs> to go into the ministry, and we were like. Sure, you know we just have a time to, to serve and give, and obviously you see something in us that you think we could do it, and so we did it. So we went into the to lead in San Diego State as a campus as campus ministers, and the rest is history. We've led campuses, we've led singles, we've you know dealt with marries, we've done teams, we've kind of done a a variety of different ministries within the church over those uh, 24 years uh, that we've been doing ministry.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's that's an incredible story and I've heard your story a couple times and mm-hmm. it's still honestly still hearing about it. it is like Incredible that you guys uh, came out of a situation and God used that mm-hmm. using those situations um, I like how you talked about um, Just from the beginning your your mom setting that foundation for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me growing up we uh, grew up in like a Catholic Um, Foundation, Mm -hmm. Um, and really grateful for that foundation that God is real, Jesus is real. And even though doctrine is different, really grateful for that. Um, And even how you're saying, like uh, your friend James Counts, uh, just like, almost like, um, that's the word I'm looking for, just like infiltrating your life. Right. Um, (laughs) Just like forcing himself in your life and um, just seeing the difference of the relationships. Mm -hmm. um, That's something I was able to experience first coming as well mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome and so with, with that um so you're you're a minister you're a christian and um you're still a fan a huge fan of sports mm-hmm. and yes, so with being th- with those different lenses now um how do you view or approach sports now being um a christian being uh you know, just a follower of Jesus in general, like how does that has that changed for you? You still just like watch it. Um, how has priorities even changed for you in that sense?
1: Yeah, you know, I still watch it, still love it. Uh The main sports I love is you know football and and, and basketball. <clears throat> I kind of watch those. I watch a little bit of baseball. Again, that's just from my childhood. Kind of mm. like watching it, like going to games, uh, and also like watching track. Track is also kind of a cool oh, thing. So. But again, the main ones are probably. Basketball and football, probably the main ones I like to watch. Gotcha. And and you know, looking at them now, it's it's one sports can be very, very one inspirational. Yeah. Two to me, it's the whole. I think sports taught me about teamwork, about working
0: together. Yeah, definitely. And in
1: a lot of ways, okay. that kind <clears> of <throat> coincides with Christianity because Christianity, mm. is, in one ways, it's kind of you and God for yeah. sure. But you also need other people. Yeah. Uh, and God set it up that way. That's why we need to church and be a part of the church and relationships mm-hmm. and building those kind of relationships because, again, we got to help each other yeah. uh, to maintain this faith over a long period of time. And so that's the cool thing that, to me about how sports kind of, uh, I guess, transcends all kind of different lines, even religious lines, because you can gain that sense of, yes, it is a team. Yes, we're in this mm-hmm. together. We're trying to achieve a goal, yeah. obviously, in sports. you are trying to achieve a goal of winning. Uh, but in you know Christianity, we're trying to win a goal of you know being like Christ, make it to heaven, and and so on and so forth. And so I I love the team concept of, of sports. Um, I mean, you know, uh, you know another sport I think I like too is golf, but uh, it's, it's more of an individual thing, which right. is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but but more, I love the I just love that team concept that hey, we're we're doing something together. We all got these individual moving parts, but these are mm-hmm. all individual moving parts come together and you see it sort of blossom on
0: a field or on a court right uh, it's pretty cool to see yeah that that is amazing with sports um if anything like it for football specifically it has taught me like teamwork discipline all these different Mm types of aspects that honestly if i didn't play sports i don't think i would have like learned those type of things um I wasn't much of a fit kid before being, playing sports, um, just mm-hmm. to be honest, and um, can sometimes be lazy, but with sports, it really, like, something I enjoyed, Right. Um, at least football. And um, My dad wanted me to play baseball, okay. and I got good, but it wasn't something I loved. Mm-hmm. I love it now, like, appreciating it o- being older, mm-hmm. um, but with football, I, like, loved it, appreciated it. Right. Um, the first, like, I remember the first month of playing football mm-hmm. in Pop Warner I was close to quitting because of how hard it was <laughs> uh, but my dad said that you're gonna finish what you started right. and that um, we don't quit when right. we start something Right. Um, and I'm grateful that he didn't let me quit because it's a sport that I like grew to be really good at mm-hmm. and love and to this day like just right. love the sport immensely and so just right. the, the things that sports teaches um, I think is really really special <laughs>
1: Yeah, I liked when you said the discipline part of it because I think that to me has really served to help me in a lot of ways in, mm. in, my, in, my, uh, in my Christian walk because yeah. there were times I still remember in college because I, uh, I got baptized, I still had one more year of school left and one more season to play right. in college. And I remember there was a lot of times where I was by myself um, at the hotel. We, may, we were out in maybe Utah or wherever, you know mm-hmm. wherever we were playing that weekend. And I remember I had to be disciplined enough if I was going to maintain this relationship with God. A lot of that had to be on me. Right. Uh, there's a passage in Philippians two twelve says, "Work out your salvation with fear and trembling." That sense of hey, hmm. I got to work this out. <clears throat> I'm grateful for the relationship with this is something I've got to work out just with me and God and my relationship with Him. And so I would get up early. We would, sometimes would have meetings even at the hotel later on in the morning, so I would get up a little earlier mm-hmm. and go out back or find a quiet place at the hotel, and I'd be reading my Bible and praying. And and, and yet I, got, mm. I feel like I got that from sports because sports yeah. taught me, yeah, like discipline. Hey, if you're going to get good at this, you got to discipline yourself to work out and to <clears throat> uh, you know <clears throat> do the things I need to do to get better, whether watching film or working on my craft and yeah. by myself in the summertime and so on. So I felt like I, that that also transcended over into Christianity because I felt like I, I had to be disciplined in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And again, it, it's helped me uh, along the way in my Christian walk.
0: Yeah, definitely. And even for um, kind of like more tying into that, for me, like going back to what my dad, making sure that I don't like quit any sports that I start, or at least mm-hmm. a season. Like, right. like if you start a season, finish it. Then mm-hmm. we could talk about it if you want to do the sport again. Right. Um, I know for me, um, with my own Christian walk, when you know, things get tough or things get challenging. Um, there's that little like sports discipline in me is mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, finish what you started. Right. And in yeah. this case, uh, it's like an eternity. Mm-hmm. So it's like, <laughs> it's, um, this thing of being a disciple of Jesus right. and like following God and, and following to be like Jesus. It's mm-hmm. like when it gets hard, it, I can, can go back to the discipline of like, no um, I'm, not gonna quit, right? I'm not gonna quit this. Yeah. Um, this is like, it's worth it. Yeah. Um, just like with any sports, with anything, like, um, like the put the hard work, the mm-hmm. practice you put in, it's like it, it all pays off when yeah. you really put in the work, and and I and I see it when I do, like when I when I stick it, and I'm here still. Right. So, um, and I'm just really grateful for this part of sports that has taught me, and I'm able to carry that yeah. with my own. Sports news, and in particular, um, we're a couple of days away. Actually, uh, now that I'm actually thinking about it, we're a couple of days up to the NFL draft, mm-hmm. um, and so we have we have some big uh, names that are coming up from this draft. I think first off, the uh, obviously the, the quarterbacks right. uh, going on yeah. right now, and um, for for the quarterbacks, uh, Gary, what from what you have been following with the draft? Um, what quarterbacks stand out to you um, for this upcoming draft?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I haven't been keeping up with it too much. It's here and there, but from what I've been hearing, a lot. This kid, Sam Donald, who had an amazing workout, I heard yes. at, from USC, uh, had an amazing workout in the rain. Yes, and says that a lot of the scouts were saying he was very, they were very impressed uh, with. You know, and he, from what I've heard, he did that purposely. Yeah. Uh, to show him that, you know, hey, I can, because I obviously living in California, everybody yeah, thinks it's not sunny, much. not much rain. Yeah, it's easy to, you know, throw out here. It hardly rains. <clears throat> so, uh, I heard he did that purposely to show him, hey, any climate, I, I can, yeah, I can perform, uh, which is pretty cool. And so I, I I've heard of him uh, a lot. Uh, I, I, th- I, if I'm, if I'm correct. This guy, Josh Rosen from mm-hmm. UCLA, he's, uh, someone said a while ago, he was a golf guy, so he's kind of, not golf, but tennis. That oh, might really? Be him. Yeah. I think that, that's him or Donaldson. I can't remember. One of them was, they did tennis a lot growing up and was pretty good at it. I did not and know that. And they switched that. to football and has this, you know, super high, uh, you know, that test they take the Wonderlic. Test, yeah, I've he heard scored, about that. Yeah, they said he scored super high on that, so he's got a lot of intelligence and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that those are probably the two quarterbacks I've heard. Now, I know they got this guy from Oklahoma, uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, they say he may be the first guy taken. Cleveland, they say Cleveland might take, him.
0: yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Um, which, but I don't, yeah,
1: which could be a little, be a little dicey. <laughs> he's yeah. not too, he's about six foot, yeah. Would barely <laughs> pushes six foot. Yeah, uh, he reminds me of, from what I've seen footage, but reminds me of a, of a Johnny Manziel a mm. little bit. Uh, likes to runs, tough guy, yeah, you know, and kind of got a look, got some confidence about him. <laughs> um, he reminds me of him a little bit, so I'm not sure if he's the kind of drop back, set in a pocket quarterback that most NFL guys like. I think if you know they want but it seems like they want your last resort to be running. If obviously if it opens up run and get the first down and so forth. Um, So those are just, those are, those are the quarterbacks. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to, if Cleveland is the first pick, which it seems like they are, they're probably going to go with
0: that. Yeah. Baker Mayfield. I don't know if they should though. That's like, I mean, you have two, like at least obvious good candidates between Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've also heard that they might even go with Josh Allen for the first round um only because of what they're saying um or at least what I'm hearing is their Clevelands might be a little bit paranoid because mm-hmm. they um they passed on um Carson Wentz, ah. um like another um quarterback from like a small school mm-hmm. um and all that, and so They're like almost a little paranoid and like almost PTSD. Like, oh, we don't want to make that same mistake last Mm -hmm. time. When I mean, I get that, but sometimes when the obvious answer is sometimes in front of you, right? Um, I think Sam Darnold would be a great fit for Cleveland. I think he can handle the pressure that Cleveland has, right? Um, But yeah, I don't know, Cleveland. It wouldn't surprise me if they (laughs) if they (laughs) didn't get one of those two top quarterback picks right
1: play. right and and you know Cleveland they want to win now and so yeah. you got to think about that to goes. This is this a guy that's going to come in and, and help us to win now uh that, that's a lot of pressure for a guy coming out of college cuz yeah you know from what i've heard the shift from from college to the pros is very different the, the yes. game really speeds it. up i remember yeah. coming out of high school and going into college the game was like whoa man this is a little bit faster but i heard really? going to the next level is even faster and yeah. things are more you know obviously there's a lot more um, uh, what, is it, what do you call it uh, not technique but um, I'm not thinking of the word I'm looking for anyway there's just a lot of different nuances to the NFL that right. with the speed and all that kind of stuff it, it things come at you fast oh yeah uh, so you know we'll see I, if I have my choice uh, I'll probably take one of those other guys like the guy from SC Don, uh, Donald for yeah. him but I, like you said, the guy from Wyoming, uh, Josh Allen, he's got a big arm. Yeah, that's that's his big upside is he has right. a big arm. He's got a big arm. So, you know, you're going to get a guy who maybe not as fast. If he needs to run, he can run mm-hmm. and slide. That's cool. But he, he could pass. He's he's looking. He's going through his progressions and, and all of that. He mm-hmm. can really read a defense, get to know his offense, get to, you know, get people in the right places and, and so on. So, yeah
0: he might be a better fit but we'll see we'll see what happens yeah we'll see um but something about with this draft is uh they're, they're saying that this draft is like one of the most stacked draft with running backs mm-hmm. like there is a bunch of like solid running backs they're saying that you could take like a running back in the third or fourth round and they will be like mm-hmm. solid for you like they right will be like a for sure number one mm-hmm. running back um what, out of all these running backs, I mean, there's the obvious running back, uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, yeah. What do you think about him? Like, Super athletic. I've seen some of his
1: numbers for the Combine. Just blow away. Yeah. I mean, the kid's an athlete. Yeah, uh, He's a specimen, sure. as they will call him. Yes. Uh, it's, it's tough, smart. Um, the kid can run. Uh, guy, he's also, from what I've heard, just great character kid, yeah. just very respectful, carries himself well, all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, I think whatever team he's go, he goes to, he's mm-hmm. going to do great. Yeah. Uh, I think whoever gets him, they're going to get a great pick yeah in uh, a kid like that. Uh, the only challenge with that is, you know, you come in top yeah. of the draft, like, you know, you're number one, number two. There's just a lot of pressure put on you. Yeah. Right? Um, so that's the one thing, you know, but I think his character can mm-hmm. carry him through that for right. sure. But it's just pressure. You know, no, people yeah. come in that's, paying all this money. You're the second pick. They hey, expect a lot yeah, right Yeah, show us that. what you got. Show us, show us that you're the man. You're the reason why uh, they picked you this high. Um, and so that's one side of it. The other kid, San Diego State, which yes. obviously I'm an alum. Yes. Go Aztecs. Uh, Rashad <laughs> Penny. Yes. Um, you know, to me... I think he's gonna be the steal of the draft.
0: That's what I'm hearing. Too. I've heard
1: third round, but I've heard a little bit, he's kinda yeah. creeping up. This isn't San Diego bias too. Yeah. This is just like I think he's gonna be the steal. The kid can play. Yep. And week in and week out, the kid stepped up and did some amazing <laughs> things. Uh as now some people may go, well, San Diego State, yeah, the division one, but it's not a Penn State, it's not a you yeah. know these big name schools. But he played some big-name people and did yeah. a great job. I mean, just the kid is good. And then, just like um, uh, the kid just said Barkley, yeah. same thing. He's got character. Yeah, he's guy, great the character. The kids has got great, from coaches to his teammates. Nothing they go, but good things. This, this kid is rare, uh, they said. They said he's just great character-giving. They said he's a... T- He's a he's a uh, the, the 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 model teammate, really cheering his team on, helping them out. You know, that that's just him. Uh, he, if you want yeah. me to block, I'll block. Just tell me what you need me to do. He's not concerned about his stats. I just I want us to yeah. win together as a team. And so, to me, man, I think Rashad Penny is going to be the steal of the draft.
0: I think we're going to hear a lot of great things about yeah. him. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm excited about him. And there was I was hearing also things on on the radio like. When he, he got, well, first off, he got snubbed big time for not being mentioned for, I forgot what the reward is called, but, like, uh, the, yeah. the running back rewards. Mm-hmm. Like, all these, and he wasn't even, like, nominated, um, which was wow. crazy. Like, how are you not going to nominate him? He got he got yeah. nominated for, like, the Heisman. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he, we know he wasn't going to win the Heisman, yeah. but it was a good nod nomination. Right. But the fact that he wasn't nominated for, like, the running backs mm-hmm. re- uh, re- award, like, that's just, like, crazy to me yeah. like he wasn't even mentioned right at all um but the reason why i mentioned that was his attitude during that was this top top of the line professional mm-hmm. um there was an interview with his coach that he, his coach was saying like man i he had to calm me down <laughs> because like i was upset for him like right yeah uh, he was like "No, know it's, it's fine coach like yeah. you know it happens like all these different things and it's like yeah just his right. character in itself is like incredible and yeah and that
1: just, again, that just shows the kind of kid he is, man. Yeah. It just really shows, and and that's why I said I think he's going to do great things in the NFL. He's going to be that, again, one, that steal, but two, people are going to be like, yeah. this guy right here was
0: meant for the NFL, meant for this position. I think he's oh, yeah. going to do great things. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that. I, I'm excited whoever team is yeah. going to pick him up. Um, I'm hearing that the Chargers might uh, pick him up, which would be interesting. Um, yes, <laughs> because they're definitely not in San Diego anymore. Uh, yeah. It's like they're taking um, another thing. Yes. Away from San Diego. Yeah, that's true. That's
1: a whole other topic we can talk about for days on end. <laughs> but yeah. So, again, I think whatever team he goes to is going to yeah, be great. Definitely um, be solid. Uh, hopefully, it'd be the right system for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can get a chance to really develop. Yeah, uh, in a lot of ways. So, so yeah, I, th- I think it's gonna be good.
0: Yeah, and th- again, this this draft for running backs is just stacked. There's yeah. like, I know Georgia has two running backs that are solid. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be like, you could pick either of those running backs. Right, or, they're solid. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this draft. Who do you think um, out of this draft um, is gonna like get an, uh, an advantage with um, the picks that they're gonna get? Who do you think will benefit the most from this draft as far as teams yes as far as NFL teams.
1: um you know, that's a good question i don't i'm not sure uh, i guess it all depends on what the team needs and if they can get what they need um, running back is always good but to me you got to get a great quarterback right uh, that's going to be key and so and you, you know you got a few teams that guys are you know, they got some wear and tear on them. Giants, yeah. Eli Manning, he's yeah. getting up there in age. <clears throat> and everybody knows, you know, yeah. the question is, okay, who's going to back up Brady? I mean, he's, yep. he's, he's in his 40s now. <laughs> and they're saying, I read something recently said, you know, that I think his agent said that he is going to play in 2018. Like, okay. That's we'll, crazy. We'll see. That. But again, okay, who's after that? Yeah. And so I think the Patriots are probably looking going, we, we got to find that guy that, that can start developing and get to know that system yeah. to be able to step in when he's done and then they can kind of keep that train running. Um, so I think, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I guess it all depends, man, on what a team needs. Yeah. Um, uh, Cleveland, uh, again, to me, for them, since they had the first pick, getting the quarterback is going to be key. Yeah. That's going to be super key and the right quarterback Yeah, that he's going to fit their system. Because you can get a quarterback and he might be good in a certain system, but your system may not fit his skill set. Yeah,
0: that's and true. And then
1: he comes in and people are like, oh, he's a bust. And sometimes you go, yeah, sometimes legit- legitimately people are bust. Bus. Yeah. They, they just weren't <clears throat> able to make that transition into the NFL but sometimes it's it's sometimes it, that that system
0: just didn't fit him. Yeah, it's just not the right system. Yeah, I can actually think of like Drew Brees. Like mm-hmm. he, exactly, yeah. He wasn't he wasn't necessarily a bus at all in San Diego mm-hmm. with the no. Chargers. Like he was really good. Right. Um, but when he went with the Saints, they <laughs> took him to a whole nother level. Right. And be, I think because he's with the Saints, right, and he was. Like he just became so much better right um, with the, the system the coaching and um, right. I think that was like one great example of like you know a career being resurrected yeah. by another team which you don't right. really see a lot with quarterbacks um I know Michael Vick went um, he had his own thing um I mean he was great yeah. like again for his different thing but when he um, got picked up by Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It was almost like a different type of level. Like he right. became more of a pocket passer. Yep. Um, all these different type of things. So mm-hmm. it's definitely about the system for sure. Um, but continuing on with the draft, there is mm-hmm. there is a a very special one. Uh, uh, yeah. So again, each episode, I uh, like to talk about an inspirational athlete of the episode, and there's a specific player. Uh, that's going to be, uh, on the draft is, uh, Shaquem Griffin. I think Mm -hmm. I pronounced that right. Yeah. Um, linebacker for, uh, University of Central Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, this kid's, uh, story is incredible. Um, he's, uh, he only has one hand and he's, um, just been dominant, um, (laughs) just as a football player, as an athlete in general, um, just to geek out with some statistics, uh, Mm -hmm. In 2016, he recorded like 11 sacks and he was, uh, voted the conference defensive player of the year mm-hmm. for that, that year. And, um, his combine is very impressive as well. He yes. had like a prosthetic hand in order to do a bench. Uh, he did 20 <laughs> reps of like 225, 20, yeah, 225. Right. um, his forties are really impressive as well. Like this kid's, he's an athlete yeah. for sure. um, and just his story in itself right. is just inspirational mm-hmm. um how um how it all started with yeah. his hand. He was born with like um uh, this thing if I could pronounce it right um emiotic band syndrome right um pretty much like when um during um Development in, in the womb, right. like some tissue just got wrapped up wrapped around his, his hand, r- yeah. his hand and just cut that. off circulation. Right. And it ended up becoming like his hand, um, not fully developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, an extremely painful thing. So they ended up um, having to surgically remove his hand. Mm-hmm. And what led to that was when he was four, he, um, he was caught um, found in the middle of the night trying to cut off his fingers and right. his hand, um, which is very intense. Yes. And he, his mom just like, What are you doing? And he's just saying, I don't, I don't want this pain anymore. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, they they take him, and now he's just an incredible, inspirational story. Um, mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts of this this
1: man's story. I, I mean, his story alone, like you said, is just inspirational. And you know, I was listening to ESPN the other day, and they said, you know, with the combine and all that kind of stuff statistics and you know the measurements and all that kind of stuff which is good just great okay the 40s and the 225 and the vertical yeah. and all the other stuff that they do but one guy one analyst said you know what really what people really need to look for is is he a football player because mm. you may have these blow away numbers statistically because yeah. some people just can test good at that that's just that's real that's yeah. just a makeup definitely but how are they on the field mm. and this kid right here from what I've seen, is he's a football player. Yep. He's just a hard-nosed, great football player. And those are the kind of guys that go to the NFL, you know, maybe in the later rounds, but people start hearing about them. They just, they blossom. They bloom. Yeah. Because they're just they're just flat-out football players. They just mm-hmm. love the game of football, and they just play it. Yeah. Um, and I think this is one of those kind of guys that, this Griffin kid can come in, even though he may not get drafted high, which I think he should. Yeah, definitely. just by looking at his film. And again, yeah. it all, and and again, sometimes it goes to the school they go to because you know, obviously UCF is not a super huge school, um, but they play some good people. Yeah, um, and they always go, well, his competition and I'm going to football player as a football player, whether yeah. he's got you know, his level of competition is at his level, upper or lower. A football player is just going to be a football player, no matter what level of competition he uh, plays against. He's—I'm he's, just a football player, man. That's what I do. Yeah. And and again, I just think he's this—that type of kid that I, I want to play. Yeah. Just—it's just, one of those like, hey, coach, just give me a shot. Yeah. It hey, just give me a shot. I'll show you what I can do.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I believe the team that takes a chance on him. Uh, again, just like Rashad Penning, they're yeah. going to get a oh, steal. Yeah, he's another one of those steals for sure. Right, whether that's that linebacker, I know they may be thinking about a DB. Yeah. special teams. He is going to be a kid that people going to be talking about for a long time. Like that guy was a steal. Yes. and look at what he blossomed, uh, blossomed into. Yeah, well, I think he's one of those kind of guys. His his again, his story is inspirational. Uh, just kind of the stuff he went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with, I will see his hand and, and, and all of that. But then to not allow that to hold him back oh yeah, or be a hindrance, uh, especially in a game of football, that could be, you know, but he's like, again, even with that, it just shows you this kid's a football player. Yeah. He just wants to play football and loves it. So I, I just like him. I like the story. Yeah. yeah from what I've heard, like him. Um. So I think he's going to do good things. Yeah, I'm.
0: I'm excited at who's going to pick him up. So even a side note, um, last this last uh, college football season, UCF went undefeated, and so <laughs> yes. it's like they also kind of got like snubbed yes. from like the college playoffs That's and all the that competition. And yep. you know, I think they probably given them a chance mm-hmm. or just mentioned them at least. But one thing that was kind of funny, completely side note. Um, the, the school ended up making their own rings because they went undefeated. Just like, that's fine. You guys aren't going to mention us. We'll, we'll, we're undefeated. That, that's, that means something. Yeah.
1: So it's like, and, you know, it all goes into that whole bracketing stuff and computer yeah. stuff. And, and you know, it's part of the computer uh, analyzing is, you know, level of competition and yeah. all of that. And so, you know, they look at their schedules, who had the tougher schedules. Yeah. Uh, you know, I get it. Somewhat of <laughs> that makes sense. But, again, team goes undefeated. That's you're still playing football. Yeah. Uh, now, if they probably had a little bit more competition, you know, no one would know. Nope. But, again, it's one of those things where, well, get them into the, and get them into the playoffs and let's see what they got. Yeah. <laughs> and they could have surprised some people. They could have. With what they got. So, but, but again, with that, I don't hmm. think you... Uh, put whole back again a kid like Griffin no because he's a football player yeah and don't you know well you know it's the level of competition yeah he might be a third rounder or whatever the kid can just play yeah and his stats are probably just as good as any of these other big name guys yeah. from these big name schools again i think as i said before this kid's going to be a steal he's going to be a great football player yeah, what an incredible
0: story. Yes. Yeah, really I'm is. excited for this draft. Yeah, uh, we'll football see. football season can't come any sooner. <laughs> um, yeah. but good thing we still have playoff basketball going on. Yeah. Uh, but that will be for another episode yes. to talk about. Topic for the episode is the word failure, and um, Mm -hmm. not the most exciting uh, topic (laughs) to talk about. Um, But um, Gary, for you, when you think of the word failure, what comes to your mind? Fear. Mm. Um, Because no one likes to
1: fail. Right, is a very tough thing, Uh, especially when you put your heart into something Mm. and it doesn't turn out the way that you had planned. Right. There is a, there is a sense of fear. There's a sense of, okay, what happens now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I failed, then it also it kind of can create a sense of, do I want to risk something else? Right. Again, um, because man, this, this, this stung. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, so that's the first word that comes to mind, fear. Mm. And it'd be kind of that fear of moving, fear of risking something again, fear of, that fear of the unknown after Mm -hmm. this okay what now you know right kind of a thing that's what comes to mind for me
0: right yeah uh, i know for me like i connect fear and failure Mm -hmm. uh, just because i could tend to um my introduction episode i talk about um fear Mm -hmm. and uh how that has kind of held me back in a lot of ways and uh even just the fear to fail Mm -hmm. is like uh hard for me like to like okay I don't like failing I don't right. like looking like I messed up in something. Yeah. so I would rather just like sometimes right. retract back right. um, yeah and yeah. I think
1: for me it's you know it's it's somewhat similar in a sense that uh, you have fair, fear to fail because for me you don't want people to look at you now oh pff, this guy is. Yeah. Is he the right guy for this job? Mm. I and mean, did we make a mistake in choosing mean, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's sometimes for me, the fear can be also people. Oh, how yeah. People view this failure. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: And, 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 and so those that, come, that came to mind when you were talking for me. Yeah. Uh, that's the same thing with me as well. And so with the, t- the topic of fear, mm-hmm. um, for you, like being in sports and doing all the sports that you've done, um, how are you able to deal with failure um, in sports, well, like whether it's losing or whether it's not meeting up to certain expectations in mm-hmm. sports, what was that like for you? And how did you deal with it?
1: Yeah, you know that was a tough one. Um, I, I remember distinctly <laughs> <clears throat> a, a moment when I had failure. We were actually playing a game. It was a it was, the, a, it was the, it was the, it was called the WAC Western Athletic Conference back then. The WAC. Oh. Not <laughs> that it was WAC; but it was just called the WAC Conference. <laughs> WAC. That's funny. So, we were in the championship game against Fresno State, oh, wow. and we were winning in a lot of ways, and it came down to uh, almost their last drive to see, you know, who was going to win. Um, and sure enough, I was covering this receiver, and he ran right to the corner of the end zone, and by the time I turned, the ball was kind of in the air, so I kind of got my hand up, and he caught it. Uh-huh. And then I thought his feet ca- his his feet came in out of bounds, but they were in. Oh wow! And so he fell and I fell, and I seen the ref throw his hands up. And for the most part, that was the game. And so, dude, that was oh. tough on me, man. I remember sitting on the sidelines, just kind of thinking, man, what in the world has happened here, man? This is, you know, wow. it was tough. So it took me a few days to get get over that. Uh, it took me a little while. Um, you know, different. You know, coaches talk to me, friends talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, after a while, I just, you know, kind of said, okay, it's not the end of the world. It's time right. to kind of move forward uh, with life. Um, <laughs> but that one stung. That was a hard one. Of course, that That's was a hard big. failure uh to get through. And so, so yeah, so that that was a tough one. But you know, it it, it did teach me. It did teach me something. One. <laughs> That life is full of failures. Some some failures hmm. are bigger than others. But now, being on more of a spiritual side of it, mm-hmm. that those failures are really designed for growth. Right. Uh, to mature you, to to allow you to experience that, to go, okay, hmm, I won't either won't do that again, or right. or or what did I learn from that? Yeah. Uh, there are some things that I learned, not necessarily so I won't do that again, but so that I can mature from this... This mm-hmm. failing, oppor- this failing opportunity, <laughs> right? That just happened. Um, that's what I feel like I've learned uh, through that fail failure, and this, obviously there's others along the way. But that one in sports, particularly, stuck out to me realizing that uh, even now, even as a, as a minister, there's certain things that I've launched off into that just didn't work out. Right. And and I've had to sort of step back now and go, okay. What did I learn? What did I see? What would I do different mm. about that? And so really using it now more as an opportunity for me to grow mm. uh, in my reliance on God, grow in my uh, understanding that, hey, fa- failure is not the end, mm. uh, that it's not. It's just, right. okay, at least you took a risk. It didn't work. Okay, but, but okay, that's fine. It's that's, <laughs> a, that's a part of life. That's a part of of. Uh, of you know, as far as what I do, ministry. Right. Everything is not going to work. And, and there are certain parts of ministry. I think all parts of ministry that, that there are things that are uncertain. Yeah. And so you're somewhat making your best <laughs> guess to go. Yeah. I think this is, you know, prayed about it, thought about it. Okay. This is, I feel like the best direction we should go and let's go forward. And you get all mm-hmm. your ducks together and you're, you're communicated to people and it's clear and all that. But again, there's that, there's still that uncertainty. Mm hmm. Of of it working out, and I've experienced that. You know, hmm. where you go, it's it, that's uncertain. But hey, let's do it. Let's. And, it, and at the end of it all, it like, well, it didn't turn out the way that I thought it would. Yeah. And other people said it and said you could have did, did this different, and so on. So uh, so yeah, that's yeah. So I think that's that. That's to me, how I for, sort of connected it spiritually is where God has over the years taught me, hey, failure. It is not the end it's just a part of maturing and growing
0: right definitely and and you kind of uh which is funny you kind of jumped into like my, my next question um uh, <laughs> okay. which is totally good uh all right like with um with failure like know there's this negative connotation mm-hmm. I, and for some in some cases like yeah like failure yeah. is very hard yeah um uh, with the the What come with failure? What comes with failure? um, There are some important aspects as well, Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to ask you, like for you, like what what do you feel like uh, are some important things about failure? Whether it's with sports, whether it's with uh, your relationship with God and um, being a Christian, right? Um, What are some important aspects that we can't really ignore that comes with failure? Uh, Well, Mm -hmm. one, I think you can't ignore the emotional side
1: of it, Mm. Uh, that it does, you know touch some emotional parts of you uh, it also reveals things about you Mm. Uh, it reveals um, that you know maybe reveals weaknesses Uh, it reveals maybe you're not relying on God enough Mm. um, that you you know sense of wanting to control things where you Mm. can't really control that the uncertain things I just talked about you can't control that you just got to trust God and, and rely on God and pray and you know, do do the best you can, uh, with with what you're launching off to do. Um, I think uh, you know. There's a quote I heard uh, from a movie I just I just seen recently, and this was a Winston Churchill quote that says this. It says, "Success is the ability to go from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm." Hmm.
0: Yes.
1: And that quote stuck with me because I go. That's hard to stay enthusiastic when right. you fail. Yeah. It's hard to go, okay, let me pick myself up and dust myself off, but keep that enthusiasm, keep that excitement and go, Okay, what's next? Okay, what do I do next? You know, yeah. what what risks do I want to launch off to? Obviously after I've learned and seen some things, what what are some other risks? Because again, as I said before, those can be that could be one of the things that holds people back the most is okay once I failed, mm-hmm. do I want to take a risk again? Yeah. Do I wanna because if I do that risk again, what if I fail again? Yeah. You might. Yeah. You might. But to me it seems like this this quote by Winston Churchill is stating that, hey, yeah, you might fail, you might fail again, but the key is not losing your enthusiasm because if and to me that enthusiasm comes from I'm growing. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. Maturing, um, getting more wisdom, obviously through these failings that I'm
0: experiencing. And so, right.
1: Uh, and so that's what I think. Hopefully, that answered your question.
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> no, that does. Um, yeah. I, w- I know for me, just <laughs> the concept of failure is just very hard. And you're right with the emotional stuff. is like, especially when you feel like, when you sometimes feel like you did put a lot of work into it, right. and there's just like it doesn't pan out Mm -hmm. to anything uh, to what you expect right Uh, whether it's with sports whether it's with ministry or um, just your individual walk with God Um, which I know for me can tend to hold me back and Mm -hmm. there's this thing um, I'm sure it's a quote um, but it's just something I've just been really trying to tell myself recently Um, the difference between like failure and regret Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm. and I keep telling myself like would I rather want to live with failure or with regret and I, and I look at those two things and like I look at failure and I look at i can I can always learn from my failures because mm-hmm. uh, there's always something to learn from it, right but with regret, there's really nothing you can learn from regret right. It's just that I wish I could have done this yeah, I should have done this right um, I could have done this um, It's more of just like what ifs when right. you, with failures, you can learn from that It's like okay, yes. I could have done this, but I can take that and learn from it Um, rather than regretting not taking an opportunity or taking, making the most out of certain things. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's so true of, I mean, even you think as you were talking, I was thinking about different guys in the Bible who probably had their share of failures. Yeah. One of the biggest ones was Peter. Yeah. Peter had a huge failure. He basically denied Jesus yeah and his best friend the guy who taught him the guy he walked with the guy who he knew that loved him and cared for him even though he had all these weaknesses and all this stuff that you know that he had to deal with in his own mm-hmm. life uh, here's a pivotal point in his life where he could have stood up and like yes I know him but he didn't he said yeah. three times says I don't know him and then you know the rooster crows and one of the gospels says that. I think Luke says that Jesus, when the rooster crowed a third time, Jesus he he saw Jesus looking at him. Yeah. So <laughs> crazy. Man, what a huge failure! Like, but you see later on, obviously Jesus reinstates him, and Paul used Peter Not Paul. Excuse me. Peter used that failure as a springboard to go. Okay. Yeah. It, it, I failed, but it's not over. Yeah. But like you said, what if he would have regretted? Yeah. And lived with that regret and go, no, I'm not. I, I can't do that again. No. Uh, yeah. Just think of the regret he would have had to go. The regret he would have had if he wouldn't have said, okay, I'm, I'm, okay, you know, act number two. Yeah. <laughs> Click, you know. Here we yeah. go. Let's do it. Definitely. Uh, but what if he have said, no, Jesus, you, you you got the wrong. I'm gonna go back to fishing. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks you think of the regrets he would have had, what if, I yeah. what if I would have, you know, took him up what he said about what yeah. he stated to me, what if, you know, so, mm-hmm. you're right, I, I think failure and regret are those two things, we gotta go, man, which one would I rather live
0: with? For me, I think yeah. I'd rather live with the failure. Yeah, it's hard, it's, um, even as I like, try to tell myself that, with, um, even this podcast that yeah. I'm, I'm doing, like, um, mm-hmm. it's a total risk for me, just doing this, uh, and, and I don't want to, as I was thinking about it and I was like developing it, there, was, there were moments where I'm just like, oh, what if this doesn't like mm-hmm. do good? What if this is just a dud or all these yeah. different type of things? Um, and it's so easy for me to kind of just retract like, oh, okay, I'd rather not fail then. Right. Um, but the more, um, the more I thought about it, more planning and even just like setting up interviews and doing mm-hmm. it and putting in the work, it's like, yeah, I... I would rather live with the failure of if this thing doesn't work out, at least I did everything I can to yeah. to do it than mm-hmm. rather just the regret like, Oh, uh, right. this would have been cool. I wish I would have gone through with it or it would right. have been a nice experience to right. do right. With all these different
1: type of things and yeah. so And you gain knowledge from it. Yeah. You gave insight. You gained there's so much more to gain when you fail than more more than when you what you lose. Yeah. There's so much more to gain. There's there's more on that positive end than on the negative end and so you're right. Even though it's hard and fear and emotions and, oh, man, what if, you know, I don't... But think about, again, what you gain from just yeah. failing. And sometimes failing over and over and over again sometimes. <laughs> you know, you hear stories of all kinds of people who failed at this, failed at that, failed at this. Mm-hmm. And then, man, once they found their groove, they use that failure as a springboard yeah. to keep them moving forward. Yeah. It, it's not
0: fun at no, all. Not I, at all. I... <laughs> I still don't well I don't think anyone ever enjoys failing. No. But like I I can't remember a sermon I listened to or or saw and um it might have been actually um a leader's meeting a leader's mm-hmm. retreat that we uh, went to and it was Marty Fruquay and mm-hmm. um, this guy named Marty Fruquay who said something along the lines of like um uh letting your members or letting your um people uh, feel safe to fail and mm-hmm. uh, kind of along those lines in the right. same in the same yeah. way that God makes it feel safe for us mm-hmm. to fail right. um, which is like yeah um I know f- sometimes in in um if if like, not a Christian or sometimes of uh, uh society can like really bash people for mm-hmm. failing i mean you you mm-hmm. could see a lot of um people that have made mistakes um with social media and they'll just bash them like they mm-hmm the social media will not forget about your failures, right. unfortunately. And they will remind you that you were <laughs> mm-hmm. this, you were that, you all these different type of things. But I'm just so grateful that with God, He like makes it safe right. to fail. Because he knows we're already imperfect. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, through Jesus he sees us through a different lens. Right. That is just like I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why he does it, but I, um, I will take it gladly. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's just and amazing. Yeah, and that's one of the
1: things. Why, to me, you like, you like reading the Bible. I like reading the Bible because mm. you see different people who failed. Yeah, tons of them, and they fail in a lot of different areas. Are there a lot, David being one of them. Obviously, I just mentioned Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's others who failed. Yes, you know, and what they did. But you're right, God looks at them through a different lens, and it's almost, you get that sense of, when you read it, you go, man, that guy's just like me. Yeah. Okay, but what did he do after that? He dust himself off, and okay, here we go. Yeah. And had that sense of, okay, other people may look at me as, ah, man, they blew it, this and that, and have their own, you know, perception of you and judgment of you, but the biggest one is, okay, what does God think? Yeah no God says okay son you failed it's okay okay let's get up we'll keep going and and that's that image I always want to try to keep in front of me is that it's not people yeah uh, cause yeah I'm a fail and people are going to have their own perception of me when I fail but it's more about God and how God sees me how God sees this failure and what he's going to do through this failure to help me to mature yeah uh, and so on and Sometimes you have stories to tell.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your
1: failures. You'll be able to tell others and behind you and so forth. So that's, again, one of the cool things about the Bible. It's you just got common. Every, these are not perfect. God didn't oh, write the no. Bible with all these perfect people Mm-mm. who didn't fail, didn't make mistakes. <laughs> they made tons of different mistakes and they failed and they blew it over and sometimes a few times. But God always believed in them. Always. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to dust you off. Let's keep going.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, I know for for some people they can have this view of Christianity or like the Bible of like the story of like great um, people mm-hmm. or like how Christianity is like you have to be perfect and all these things, but if you really just read the Bible like <laughs> you're saying, it's full of just messed up people, yeah, like, just imperfect it, people in <laughs> every way. You, right. you look at like right, like almost unspeakable mistakes mm-hmm. and failures that they've had. Right. But God just uses them and uses is still using them to to his glory but right. also just like redeeming them right. as well so exactly. it's just it's just incredible yeah. how that how that is and it, is. Um, it really is even just what we can learn from mm-hmm. that and taking it into sports and mm-hmm. even this thing with sports you could take that into um our walks with God right. and just so much um and I just, I just love it. Um, All right. But Gary, yeah. thank you so much for yeah. um, being my um, guest on this on this episode. Yeah, man, I've had a, have a had a
1: good time, man. Thanks for thanks for uh, uh, asking me to do it. It was good doing it with you.
0: Thank you for doing this with me. Um, again, this is the Blood, Sweat, and Tears podcast, guys. Uh, this is episode two. I uh, hope you guys really enjoyed this. Uh, tune in for the next episode coming real soon. Thank you.